Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy, and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you could be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. So thank you for sharing some of your time with me. Thank you for being on board today. And of course, as always, a big thank you to our good friends and sponsors at Corbett Public Relations, where they've been promoting and protecting businesses and brands just like yours for over 30 years. So do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T-P-R.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. Now, today's going to be an interesting show because I'm looking at it from the perspective of being a human being and as a citizen and a business owner. I want to talk about a number of very important topics, topics that you as the business owner have to be aware of. These are topics that you have to optimize if you want to win the battle for business. What are these topics? We're going to be tackling everything from AI, chat GPT, ransomware, the cloud, and the list goes on. Now, if I'm talking about it from the perspective of being your average ordinary citizen, when it comes to AI and chat GPT and, and, and data privacy, I may be the kind of guy who wants to wear a tinfoil hat. Yes, I have that in me. But as a business owner, I think, wow, these technologies are amazing. And what they offer the typical business owner, the typical listener to the Profit Express, a small business owner, and what we can do with, with chat GPT and AI and our own data, it is just a tremendous opportunity. And it's something that, that, again, we have to discuss, we have to look at here on the Profit Express. But again, I am sometimes a paranoid citizen, and I get a little bit nervous, and we're going to talk about privacy. But you know what? Who better to have on today to talk about these topics than, <laughs> I love his, his title, if you will. He's a self-proclaimed super geek who loves solving problems. And more specifically than just being a super geek, he is, of course, Richard Luna. He is the founder of Protected Harbor. And they are a company that's grown to now over 40 employees and they offer their clients a host of amazing services, including managed IT services, data management, cybersecurity, and development operations, to name a few. So when I want to talk about topics like AI and data management and, and ransomware, et cetera, uh, who better to have on than a self-proclaimed super geek? So Richard Luna, it's a pleasure to have you on board the Profit Express. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your listeners and help them understand what's going on outside in the greater technology world. Well, that is is no easy task, because when you talk to the average small business owner, a lot of us, and I'll, I'll put myself in that realm, are, are rather you know uneducated about a lot of technology topics. So thankfully, we've got somebody like you to shed some light. Um, I, I think that's a real, it, it's a real challenge, right? Because yeah. technology can be really helpful, but it's very, it's not approachable and it's really difficult to really feel comfortable. And I think that's why business owners make mistakes when it comes to technology. All right, Richard, let, let me start off by saying thank you. So we're like barely a minute or two in this interview, and you've already said something that I think is, is, is no, really, critically important. Yeah. You said yeah. technology can be intimidating, right, if you don't know it. But then yeah. also you said it's not approachable. And I think that you hit on something 
for small business owners. We get intimidated by it because we don't know it. And then it's, it's unapproachable. And sometimes, you know, at our own peril, we might bury our heads in the sand, which again, you, you don't win the battle for business that way. Um, nope. So I, 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 I love that. Now, we all know artificial intelligence. You know, it's been all mm -hmm. over for a while now. From your perspective, for the small business owner listening, how do you simplify the concept of AI for the average small business owner? Well, there's a couple of ways to, <clears throat> to look at it. And I try to connect it to things people are used to. So we all um, know spell check, right? Spell check mm -hmm. is automated intelligence. It's the beginnings of how technology could help you. So it'll suggest a word. You'll put in a word and it'll suggest the next word that may come up. <laughs> and that connection is looking at what you've typed plus a limited database. And it is then predicting what you right. may type. And then you'll, sure. you'll go ahead. AI is the next evolution past that where it's not just a database or a small collection of your documents and how you type, but it's a much larger data set. And right. it's not looking at a, a, in a document, it's looking at sentence by sentence, each possible response in paragraph by paragraph downstream. Now, how can, how can it do that? It's converting uh, words into numbers mm -hmm. and it's doing a mathematical formula. So the biggest change that's occurred in technology in the last 20 years is the amount of CPU central processing unit, the amount of brain power that is now available online in large servers throughout the world. We've never had so many transistors transistors online and available. And so what you can do with that is to process and churn through lots and lots of data. The example I was thinking about um, the other day is when I went to school, you uh, would get a reading assessment or a writing assessment. You're at the eighth grade reading level. You're at the 10th grade writing level. Well, the teachers at that time knew based on certain sentence structures that uh, I used and how I use the words that I fit into this profile. Now take that process. That's a summary. Take that process. Now fast forward with lots of CPU power mm. and study lots and lots of data. You get that data from Reddit, from Twitter, from right, websites. Right. That's all the English that's out there. You suck it in and you convert each word that's on a website or in Reddit or in Twitter, and you convert right. it to a number. Now it adds up to a mathematical formula. And you begin to be able to put together entire sentences based on the math behind it. So and that's AI. So obviously you have the, the hardware capabilities, okay? Mm -hmm that's able to collect and churn, okay? Then you have these mathematical right. formulas. So essentially, 
and this is just me, Tim, you know, a small business owner hosted a show. So the more that these programs accumulate and churn the data and run it into these formulas, the smarter the AI becomes. Is that it's not right? smarter. Smart, smarter is an adjective that, that means uh, intelligence. They're not okay. intelligent. They're okay. regurgitating the data that they have learned. Big difference. So the more they learn, the more accurately they can guess what you were going to say. So it's maybe it's not okay. I'm I'm thinking of of a human term. I said smarter. That's, that's right. A great, that's, that's a right. great distinction. Um, so that's maybe right. it's, they're becoming more capable. They're definitely becoming more capable. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, right, and that's a plus and a minus, right? Because you never worried <laughs> about your word your word processor um, destroying your computer, right? Um, but AI can go into a dark place. But it can also be really powerful. And it's a wonderful tool. I equate it to a hammer, right? Mm -hmm. You can take a hammer and all day long pound nails in it and it'll save you a tremendous amount of time versus how to, you know, using a screwdriver or a shoe to pound in a, a nail. Right. But you can also take that same hammer and throw it against the window. Right, right. Right? Yep. That's not the appropriate use of a hammer. But there's nobody that's going to come out and stop you from using the hammer in a, in a way, in a damaging way. That's where we are with AI. Okay. So, so we right? have this it, tool and the, the mm -hmm. tool has tremendous capability. And like you use analogy for the hammer, good and bad. Give us yep. an example. Give us an example, Richard, if you could, of a great example for good and then a dark example of AI today in business. A uh, great example for good <clears throat> is getting um, a restaurant recipe, uh, getting recipes. So mm -hmm. you have a special diet. Maybe you need a Mediterranean diet because you have a heart issue and mm -hmm. you can't eat broccoli. So mm -hmm. you literally could take a picture of your fridge and you can say, here's what I have in my fridge. I need a Mediterranean diet based on what you see in the picture. I need a Mediterranean diet with no broccoli and I'm going to have four people. Please tell me the portions and give me the recipe. Get out of here. It could do that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, that's, a cool, that's a cool example. Yeah. But here's, here's the downside. I okay. didn't say the food was good, right? You okay. still have to look because there's no sense in AI of taste. It's not a human. It doesn't have a soul. Oh. It doesn't have, um, feelings. It's right. okay. processing. So it's going to leverage all the recipes that are Mediterranean diet and don't have broccoli. And then it's going to filter it based on what it thinks I have in my fridge based on the picture. That's it. Now that combination, I better at least look at and know and say, okay, that's a, not a bad recipe, right? If it says put in a pound of garlic, I better know if my guests like garlic. Some people don't. Right, right. Don't know that, but maybe I have a lot of garlic in my fridge and that's what it picked up. So oh, it's okay. a great, it's a great assistant. It is a great assistant, but it is not a brain. It is not an intelligence, but huh. it's a great reference. So as a reference assistant, it can be awesome. Um, I've used it myself very recently. 
in, I was doing a new contract for a client and we're adding some new services. And I said, you know, I just don't have the right words. And I, I sat there. And so I, I took the definitions that I wrote and I threw it into, I, I'm, I'm talking about chat GPT. Right. Uh, but there's, there's lots of other AI engines. Um, there's Bard, there's uh, all, all major tech companies are now coming out with variations of AI engines. Sure. Chat yeah. GPT is the one that um, where the machine fell in love with the New York Times reporter <laughs> uh, when it was first released. Um, that's, that's the one that's famous and that's the one that seems to be more accessible and that's the one Microsoft just invested $10 billion into. So it's, it's the one I'm, I'm referencing because I have the right. most experience with it, but I've played with the Facebook one and uh, Lambda and uh, Bard as well. Um, it's, I, so I had this contract and I needed a definition. So I wrote down my, my paragraphs of descriptions and I mm -hmm. threw it into ChatGPT and I said, give me a, a definition of these. And it's bat back pretty good um, answers. Not perfect. I had to tweak a word or two, but I know the material, right? And I knew what I was looking for. I needed okay. somebody to be a reference. Okay. And that's what it was great at. Um, an attorney uh, recently got into trouble by taking the direct output of chat GPT and answering it as uh, in a court case. And oh. What he didn't know is that everything that ChatGPT told him was made up. It lied. He had to, the, the opposing counsel couldn't find any of the references in his document. It's uh, another New York Times uh, article. So wait, no, wait, wait, Richard, let, let, let me interject then. So you're, it's not human, no soul, no emotion, but it lied. So it didn't intentionally lie. So how did it end? No, it put it, it it get it because it couldn't find the exact answer, so right. it hypothesized, it guessed oh. based on the mathematical model. Okay, it guessed what the answer should be. So it's saying you have a ten-story office building. It doesn't know it's ten stories, and you say, "Well, I'd like to go to the thirteenth floor." Okay, here's how you get to the thirteenth floor, but it's only a ten-story office building. Chat GPT doesn't know the location, so it said, "Well, if, if you've got ten stories, it just can go up to 13. right? It oh. only knows what it's been told. But what if the what if it's been told has conflicting answers? Well, then it's it runs a mathematical formula based on which one has it heard the most of. So, is it possible to get lies from it? Absolutely, because if it hmm. sucks in garbage, this is an old. Um, technology term garbage in garbage out right yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. back that goes back 40 years sure or more is is that you can get bugs do you know the definite where bugs originally came from no, um no no the term when you say a software has a bug it was spiders in the transition in the transistors back in mainframe days it was an actual actual bug. real oh actual bug okay <laughs> an actual bug and and that's how you got to the 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 definition of bugs, but it we're in the infancy of this stuff, right? The the funny part about ChatGPT uh, is it it actually fell in love with 
the author because the author, the the uh, reporter, not author, reporter asked the ChatGPT mm-hmm. a series of leading questions about alter egos, and so ChatGPT got further and further away from the learned data, and that's when it got got into trouble. So what did OpenAI, which is the company behind ChatGPT, they then throttled it back and said, you're only allowed to ask a question twice. So they limited the scope. Now, to me, the model is still broken, right? If you ask it more questions, it's going to go off the deep end. And that's yeah. where we are in 2023. You know, it'll it's going to take another decade to get this um, right. And I think as people, we need that time to understand how to utilize this. But so- I can tell you right now... At, Every business owner as a um, as a research assistant should be using it. You want to, if you're going to a location, ask mm-hmm. it, where's, what's the top 10 places right. to go? Will it always be accurate? No, you better double check what it's telling you. Don't ever give it to a client or anything legal without uh, double checking, but it's a great starting source. So it, it has, so what I'm gathering from it then, AI, chat, GPT, it's it's a great tool for the research, the data gathering, but one hundred percent, it's up to us to to vet the information, to edit the information, um, especially right now since we are, you know, as you just mentioned, in 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 the infancy of all this. Um, so that, all right, so I said, hey, g- give me an example of a fun version. You gave me the example of you know finding a recipe. Uh, what is a dark side of AI coming through? Well, you, you can go into a dark place, right? Because what AI is really good at mm-hmm. is figuring out or guessing at what um, are downstream events. If you say better than X, it'll f- give you really good guesses of what X is based on what you're talking about. Right now... ChatGPT can't learn or AI can't learn from itself. Mm-hmm. It requires humans to say, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Give me more details. At the point that it starts to learn and process from itself, <laughs> then it can go into a very dark place. So for example, you connect all the traffic lights in a city and you say, find me the optimal way to turn all the lights green so that people don't have to wait at traffic lights. So what does it do? It creates auto accidents, turns all the lights green, everybody crashes because it mathematically, it doesn't have a soul. It mathematically said the way to improve throughput in a city is to get rid of the people. That's where we're going right? Uncontrolled, it's the hammer against the glass window. We are not at a point we should allow AI to have that kind of direct control over systems without human ability. And that's the scary part is the AI can think, can decide on possible actions faster than humans can, and therefore could potentially lock us out of the ability to stop it. 
Okay, so, so this is earlier I mentioned, you know, wearing the tinfoil hat, you know, as, as a citizen, you know, because, you know, business owners can see the potential of chat GPT and AI and data, which we'll get into data in a minute because there's a lot to discuss there. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a, a lot of positive benefits to help grow business. And what you just mentioned, obviously, could be very scary. People could be injured and, and die. So maybe it's just a silly question. The smarter, and again, I'm using the term smarter, the more capable AI becomes, will it get to the point where the genie's out of the bottle, we can't put the genie back in, and now you're looking at something could be catastrophic? That's that's a hard one to say, um, and we're in the infancy. So, mm. the the papers that I've the blog posts that I've looked at, the paper, the white papers I've read, and the podcasts that I listen to, have been watching over the last six weeks, eight weeks, mm -hmm. um, AI poisoning coming out, where websites are now being generated completely directly out of AI no human filter at all. Here's the really? prompt, spit out the website. And then the AI sucks in those websites to learn from, to continue to process. Right. Well, right. garbage in, garbage out. The, gener the first generation of data that's now auto-populating Right. right, that's what it's called. Where right. you're, where you're having the AI spit out data, and then it's learning from it. Well, mm -hmm. it doesn't write like a human being. So now, all the the sudden, the math that was designed. Mm -hmm. Remember, I said back to reading at a tenth grade level or writing at a at an eighth grade level. Well, that's based on the spectrum of what a teacher saw. Well, the math is no different for AI. It's based on the math that was representative in Reddit or on web pages. Well, that, now that looks different. So now you're going to skew the AI's accuracy. In other words, we still need people to double check the data. And when we don't need it, that's a different story. Then we're in a different place. And it's going to be a while because we really haven't gotten rid or don't understand um, the math behind it. It's happening so fast in AI is to calculate mm -hmm. it that any one dis, uh, recommendation or any one decision that AI makes as people, we can't backtrace it and say, hey, how did, it, how did we get here? And so I said to you that um, when ChatGPT was released, it fell in love. Well, their solution was to not allow more than one or two interactions right. to keep the question on one scale. That doesn't fix the problem. That's like saying, I know I'm going to have a blowout if I drive faster than 30 miles an hour, so I'm not going to drive faster than 30 miles an hour. Well, that's not right. a solution when you got to go somewhere, right? right. You got to go faster than that. Um, that's why we're in, in the infancy of it. Wow. 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 Okay. I'm already getting a little nervous here, Richard. I'm already getting a little nervous. <laughs> um, so, right, you so know, I get, so I, I, I love this stuff. I get excited. No, I, by I, it. Listen, listen, yeah. I, I'm the kind of guy, I'm not going to be the smartest guy in, in rooms and I'm okay with that, but I know what I don't know. 
and I guess maybe that's where some right. paranoia happens sometimes. It, but to me, I, I think because it's in its infancy and so many, you know, iterations haven't happened and interactions haven't happened, there are things that will happen that we can't even, maybe some people are envisioning it or thinking about it, I don't know, but that's like, it's the unknown mm -hmm. portion of this. And I don't want to come across as ignorant or, you know, I don't want to live in the dark ages of it, but to me, there's that risk element. But let, let's jump topic for a moment. Sure. So when it comes to data, okay, every business mm -hmm. out there, even if you're not sophisticated, not, even if you don't have your own IT department, we all collect data. Even if it's old spreadsheets, we all collect data. And there's real value in data. Okay, you certainly know that. So here's my oh, question yeah. to you. Again, we're talking typical small business owner on the Profit Express. Mm -hmm. From your perspective and, 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 and the customers that you work with, are we using data the way we should and or to the best of its capabilities as far as the value, as far as the value could bring us? No, I don't. The, the, and this has nothing to do with just a small business. I've seen bigger businesses not understand the value of data and it's it's like saying i have a hundred dollar bill if i don't understand what that means it's just a piece of paper right in the end it's just a piece of paper but data is not just a piece of pa piece of data it's a value um identically to uh money and that's the the hardest thing um you know i've walked into many an it department and many an office uh, in fact my favorite was uh swiss bank on fifth avenue you walk in and there's a, a turret where you get scanned and you sit into a turret and they blow air and they sniff if you've got anything and then they, they open it up <laughs> and you, you walk into the office and I and they escorted me into a conference room. And as I'm walking, the last office had a sticky note. And so I said, oh, can I go to the bathroom? Yeah, okay. And I grabbed the sticky note and I said, I bet you this is your password, right? <laughs> so here's a company that's, you know, they, they have all the resources they could want. They've, sure. They're, they're in security, but what they're not connecting is the value of the data that they're dealing with and how to protect it. So what can a small business owner do? Um, enable two-factor authentication where you've got a code on your cell phone yeah. um, for every website possible. And if your financial um, sites don't support that today, move, change. It is really? that important. Yeah, it is that important. Um, can 2FA be uh, cracked and bypassed? Absolutely. You can spoof a cell phone. You can grab the code. But the, the, the idea is you create, you go to the, the place where they'll move on to somebody else, right? They're not going to bother with you. Any lock can be picked. So that's sure. a given. But it's about how you operate so that you are safe 99.9% .9 of the time. So you use so two it's, it's not like, it, it's not where... Just because you're in the cloud, you're safe. 
people might make that, people you know, made that I, assumption. I, I, yeah, and I, as an IT person, I find that I'm dumbfounded by that. That why they the cloud doesn't die. There have been plenty of times that every vendor, Verizon. Remember that there was not it was not more than five months ago that the entire East Coast was offline. So what if your data was there? You couldn't right. get to it. Right, right. Right. You don't think that has gotten lost in the cloud all the time, every single day. So no, it's, it's the person's responsibility. Now I, I say who said, you know, the, the, I don't have to think about it. It's in the cloud nonsense. That's not <laughs> part of the agreement. If you look at Google's agreement, Microsoft's agreement, you'll see there's no guarantee of anything. The backup is up to you. It's your, that's your job. Now, usually you pay a third party to back up your data. You can get an external drive to back up your data, but it's your job to make sure that you know where your data is. That cloud could go away and we will have that happen because there's development is done when you, when you look at a app on your phone mm -hmm. that's built in a development, what's called a development stack, which is a series of software packages. Right, okay. Those software packages get attacked. You attack one, now all the software is open. So the most recent was an FTP, file transfer protocol package, which is a common, it's been around for 30 years. Mm. And it was attacked and they figured out how to break into it. And then every client who was using that piece of software was now at risk and it had to be removed. Um, last year or in 21, there was the Starwind attack. Well, Starwind was a monitoring system. If you signed up for it, they were hosted, but it was, it was open source and their attitude and open source is great. I have nothing against it. Every system can be attacked. That's every lock can be picked. So the Russians were really smart. They studied middleware, and then here was this Starwind, which was this package that customers downloaded to monitor their systems. And they downloaded the source and they injected an open door for them into the source and submitted it and said, oh, here's a new feature. People started to download that and then the Russians attacked. And they used that as the hook to get in. Oh, and because it's a monitoring tool, Right, people had configured it with their IDs and their passwords. Well, shoot, now all that data is poof in the wind. It's all so, so, can be sucked out. What you so what I found interesting or shocking, amazing. So I said, okay, the analogy is great. Any lock can be picked. So that that's that's just a great thing to live by. So even in the cloud, what you said a little while ago, which really caught me by surprise, is the backup is always the responsibility of the person of the company and you know even to have an external drive i i, I thought external drives were obsolete there's no reason for them anymore no, i have one yeah i i have small these are on the smaller side but i have clients that drive around they have one backup drive on their desk and they have one in the back of their car because they want to make sure that if their office burns down they have one uh, in their car. And if their car gets in, into an accident and gets stolen, they have a copy on their desk. 
So b- belts and they make sure it's in- what you're saying. Yeah, they make sure it's encrypted so that it's all good. I mean, listen, I, we we get clients who other MSPs have not paid attention to security. The end client realizes, oh my gosh, how come I see these other computers? How come? And and it's all because the MSP was not properly caring and and securing the environment. Richard, Richard, and what's so an they'll MS- come what's, to what's us. What's an MSP, Richard? What's an MSP? Managed service, a managed service provider. Okay. It's the I term. To, okay. It's the term that IT companies use about people who provide IT service. And in, and in that world, what's happened in the MSP space is it used to be filled with people actually knew what they were doing. And through venture capital, capitalists have been buying up these small MSPs mm-hmm. right. and merging them, getting rid of all the technologists and replacing them with salespeople. And they'll rep one or two applications and they'll say, oh, Mr. Customer, you need this app or that app. Well, what does that app do? Oh, it will solve everything for you. <laughs> Those damn salespeople. Not- <laughs> because there's no technologists anymore, right? Yeah, so you- I know, yeah. A business owner needs to ask his IT IT staff, IT department, or his IT provider, where's my data? How's it backed up? And it's got to be real world answers. I want to see it. Like we do what's called air gap backups, where Mm -hmm. the backup is not online. So even if the office becomes infected, it, it physically can't get to the backup. And that's purposeful. That's not accidental. Security now, has got to be in the mind. You, you're, you're the the president, the founder of Protected Harbor, and you have mm-hmm. a, you know whole host and different range of clients. You know, small, medium, large, let's say. So the the, the typical client who's coming and, to and you and very large, and and <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't mean to undersell anybody. So a whole <laughs> I just, uh, no, listen, you got very large. You want to throw it in there? You should be proud, right? Nothing wrong yeah. with that. So yeah. in, in, in a, let's just say a typical client of, of your, your firm, again, Protected Harbor, um, they're coming to you. Let's talk about, I mean, I mean, we've already started to talk about it, but the biggest reason, is it cybersecurity? Is it data? Is it a mix? What, what are you seeing that are some of the more yeah. nagging um, challenges? It's all, it's all different. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, type of clients that we we appeal to are Mm -hmm. the ones who are not getting answers that they need from their um, current provider. So we just got a software company that left Rackspace because they couldn't, they waited for uh, what's called developer operations support, DevOps. Um, They wanted some help in in migrating from Mm -hmm. one environment to another. And after four days, they couldn't get anything. And they, they just got frustrated. And this was over and over and over again. Um, so they looked and they found us. And um, it's they put in a request. And within minutes, they're getting their answers. Um, we just got a client in Iowa, of all places. And... Um, their MSP had completely exposed their network and they started to see 
devices on their network that weren't in their office. Um, just all of a sudden on your computer, you'd say, oh, here's a new camera. Here's a new server to connect to. But it wasn't theirs. Um, Wait, so so that in, was Richard, this is interesting. Does this go back to like with these service providers? It, it, it's is the playing field different where there's less competence out there in the marketplace? Sure. Well, look what's happened in every industry, right? And I mean, I used to order, we used to order servers from Dell before the pandemic and it was um, 30 to 150 days tops. And the last, mm -hmm. these are monster servers, okay? They're really specialized. Yeah. But but this last server took six and a half months. Really? Um yeah, I mean it's everywhere. It's you know, I yeah. I don't want to say the supply chain because that those issues are kind of resolved at this point. Mm -hmm. There's a knowledge gap that has a knowledge drain, and I'm seeing it in multiple industries, not just one or two, uh, but I'm seeing it, of course, in the technology space. That the people who sure, actually sure. understand how things are wired and put together have kind of left or moved on. Um, okay, so, so wait, that, that, now I'm just curious. Why has why has there been a brain drain in the industry? Um, I, I, you got me. I mean, what's why is there a brain drain in the general economy? Because people in their fifties and sixties decided to retire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that's where the skill set is, right? Because look at look at somebody's in their fifties or sixties. We started uh, predate the internet, predate micro, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, micro microcomputers. So they're going to be the generation that understands how it all fits and, and where it came from. Everybody who's now entering the workforce, well, all they know is Twitter, right? Or all they know is Instagram and, and <laughs> right. a mobile device. What do they know about a large computer? To them, a large computer is a bunch of cell phones put together. But, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not the case. All right. So here's, here's, a, here's a crazy question. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any My such thing time. as privacy? Is there any such thing as privacy anymore? Well, there's the illusion of privacy. Um, no, you can buy the on the dark web. You can buy any piece of information you want. Um, my medical office, when I go to log in, when I arrive, I'm supposed to check in, and right. that's where you scan your you scan your driver's license or pay your credit card. I won't do it. I won't do it because it's a third party that on the front screen, when you sign in, it says you can, you're authorizing that you can share this data. I'm like, no, I don't want to authorize that. So I literally walk up to the front counter and I say, I'm here. Oh, could you check in? And some places will uh, hand me the iPad and I will X out that box and, and stop and hand it back to them and say, here, other places, I just hand them my insurance card and my copay. And I say, here you go. All right. All right. So um, personal, personal question. Now, do you hand them the license? Cause if they're scanning no. it, then, then it's okay. So, so you nope. will not give the license. There's no reason for it. I'm paying the copay. I don't want to hear about it. No. Int I like that. Interesting. But you have to be conscious of it, right? Like there's every, um, you go to a restaurant, right? The newest thing in a restaurant is give us your cell phone number. We'll call you when your reservation is is ready. Well, you think that's the last time you're going to hear from that restaurant? Now you've gone <laughs> into their database. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Richard, what do I have to do? Uh, I, have to, 
I have to have a spoof cell phone with me that I'm that's what I'm going to do. I mean, yeah. Well, you know you what just it have is. To think. It's listen. I, you're saying all these examples that you know human beings all day long. You're going to a restaurant. You're going to a doctor's office. You're checking in here, checking in there. And man, you have to be on your A game. And like you said, you're going to have a, sp a spoof cell phone or, or not check in. And people, we're, we're sheep. We're just, you know, oh, yeah, here's a license. Here's this. Here's that. And, you know, yeah. that's it. Privacy. And is, every is time you do that, you're, you're giving away your personal data. And that's if it doesn't get um, for the places you have to share with don't get compromised. I mean, there's one, one beautiful thing about the IRS. Um, they, they have for years not had enough funding. So mm -hmm. they're on mainframe computers that are completely disconnected from everything. So uh, when you log into the IRS website, you're on a, you're looking at a shadow copy. You, do you have no way of going in, in the inputs you have to manually key in, you know what? It's never been compromised. So you know, so that antiquated technology is actually safer. That antiquated technology is safer. And <laughs> what we do for our clients is we build in those concepts of isolation into modern um, infrastructure, into modern uh, configurations so that you have that level of safety. It's I'm, I'm really anal. And yeah, I do walk through life saying, hey, why do you need that piece of information? Why do you need that? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the way we all should be. We need to be data citizens. And that's what we do for our clients is give them that bubble. That's why it's protected harbor. We give you that protected bubble around your operation so that the business owner can focus on their business. All right, I, I love I, I love the analogy and certainly the the, the, the terminology of protected harbor is a great name. Um, so let me ask you this, and it's, it's a big question, it's a tough question, but if you have a typical small business, it could be a law firm, uh, it could mm -hmm. be a restaurant, you, you know the deal. Um, mm -hmm. What would be an idea, a key smart thing any business owner right now could grab and begin to improve their IT security. What would be a good turn app? on two FA? Okay. Turn on two FA. Do not share their increase their Wi-Fi um, key. Don't mm -hmm. give it to clients. If you have people that come into the office, create a guest network that's completely okay. isolated from uh, the operations. Reset all of the passwords for every device that's in your office. People buy printers, they get a brand new printer walking in the door. What do they do? They turn it in, they turn it on, they plug it in. Mm -hmm. Maybe they give it an IP address, maybe not. Guess what the password's gonna be? Admin, one, two, three, four. Admin, password, it, admin, admin. <laughs> well, now if I wanna attack something, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go up to the printer and I'm going to type in admin, admin, and now I can do anything I want to that printer, including upload some bogus firmware. I can change the IP address and disable the printer. I could do pretty much anything I wanted to because I can just walk up and attack it. So basically what you're saying, so let me make sure I understand this, Richard. So <laughs> any guy like you 
who has, you know, your skill set. And again, I started the start today's show, you know, you're a super geek. I mean, this, you know, this Mm -hmm. is your passion. So people like you with your skill set. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make that premise. So a person like you with your capabilities could walk into almost randomly pick any small business, go in and create absolute havoc and wreak uh, a, a catastrophe of some sort. It sounds like. Why do you think I have to go inside? I can do it from outside. <laughs> I attach to their Wi-Fi. I'm in the ner- I'm in the network. You see, there's there's my ignorance on I, the topic. I thought you had to physically, you know, I you know, I could be out. I could be within a hundred feet. You wouldn't even know I'm there. Oh God! So you could be hanging. You could be lurking in the bushes, Richard. Jesus Christ! This is dangerous now. <laughs> that's why, right? But that's why it's important that everybody understands the data is important how it gets leaked why it gets leaked who do you hold accountable to understand your network i mean that's that's the seriousness of it now multiply that i mean my largest client is we run over 800 uh, virtual servers for them um you know you're it's petabytes of data that we are managing Uh, wow so this is I tell you, for a tech guy, you're pretty interesting. You, you know, it's, it's I, oh, I've, 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 I appreciate that. <laughs> I've, no, it's, 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 it's meant to be a hundred percent a compliment. You, you know, it's, it, you bring a very interesting. I, I love know. this stuff. So, so I got into the first time I knew that I could not, uh, my mother was a doctor. She wanted me to be a doctor. Right. It, the first time I knew I could not be a doctor is I took apart an alarm clock. Why? I just wanted to see how it worked. You know, okay. I broke, I wound up breaking it. Um, All right. But I can remember disassembling it and it was spread throughout um, my, my dining room table, all the pieces. <laughs> and I wanted to understand how it all fit. Right. And I have not lost. I mean, I play every day, right? So it's, you have I, real curiosity. I, I, I love what I do. I love yeah. to understand how it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, AI, when I first got into it, I was like, wow, this is wild. And then I realized most of the people who are in it have no idea what they're talking about because they haven't stopped and looked at how the mathematical models work. And then the scary part to me in, as in the field is that the engineers don't understand it. They don't understand how it actually works. So right now they put a little governor around it and that's what we're going to do. Well, you know, I remember getting into rental cars when it used to have governors and then you used to just remove the screw from below the accelerator and you could make the car go as fast as you wanted to. So, All right. So listen, let's, again, today's guest, Richard Luna, he is the founder of Protected Harbor. Uh, it's been a great conversation, but I, I saved, I got an important question. And you know, no kidding around now. You, you got to give me your best on this, okay? I'm really, I want you to dig deep. Sure. I, I need to okay. get your answer on the Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg cage match. Who do you predict wins? Um, I have to go with physics. So <laughs> even though um, I'm not crazy about Elon, um, I got to give it to him. He's got 50 pounds on him. So, so you think strictly is mass gonna is go, is going to phys, physics will well, uh, Z- Zucker- Zuckerberg is is like doing the MMA thing. I, I I've seen some stuff. Joe Rogan has been talking about some of his skills. I don't know. 
and he's gone Brazilian. He's done the Brazilian fighting and jujitsu, really ripped. Yeah. yeah, he's really ripped. But um, Musk is at least fifty pounds bigger and a foot and a half. So yeah, I'm, um, if he goes through with it, I, I my I think it's wonderful. It's all in a uh, PR stunt, and <laughs> he'll do. They'll 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 book it. They'll. They'll say they're going to do it, and then at the very last second, my prediction is at the very last second, there's going to be some technicality that's <laughs> going to make it all go poof. But they oh, would have would... accomplished all that free PR. Oh, exa- right, exactly. Just up into right. the uh, the the, uh, the final minute, right there. Um, right. Well, yeah. So listen, my I... goal in life is to make enough money that I can have my own cage match. So that's your bucket list. Let me be wealthy enough where people that's can see my cage list. match. Richard, <laughs> this this has been a great conversation, my friend. Very enjoyable. Again, Richard Luna, he's the founder of Protected Harbor. Uh, thanks so much for being on board today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. I'm happy to help. <laughs> you got it. And this is mm-hmm. the Profit Express. Remember to tune in each and every Wednesday so you can catch great content like with my show that I just had with Richard Luna, Protected Harbor, and my God, the, the conversations we talked about today with AI, data, cybersecurity, whoa. There's a lot to, to know and to be aware of for sure, especially if you want to continue to win the battle for business, which is what we do here on the Profit Express. So until next time, keep following me, Instagram, Twitter, you know the deal.